everybody, welcome to a brand new film music media conversation. We have another collab spotlight here, and we're here with uh, the amazing uh, Corey Morrison, who's the director of Listen and The Merry Mission, and the two co-composers of the of the film, uh, um, Myra Stam and Antonio Naranjo. Guys, thank you so much for, for joining me tonight. Thanks, Thanks for having us. us. Really awesome. Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, so we are going to focus specifically on your guys' collaboration as, you know, your co-composers and director on this wonderful uh, family uh, holiday uh, film, uh, Glisten of the Merry Mission. And uh, I, was, I guess to start off is, how did you all meet? Was this the, I'm curious about the origin story of the first time you guys met. Is this your guys' first project together? Have you met before? Uh, I'm curious, what's the origin story for your guys' relationships? So I don't know, Corey. We want to jump I can in. Start, I can start there. Well, I like uh, Miro. We Miro and Antonio. We've known for quite a few years, and we just never had an opportunity to work together. I remember. Uh, uh, I think one of the first times I met you was a few years back on uh, the boat for the Tomb Boom cruise, having a couple of pops, and uh, sort of talking about <laughs> the industry and talking about music and and such, and what's coming down the pipe and all that sort of stuff. And and then uh, when when Glisten and the Merry Mission came around, we we originally had another composer on board, but then he had issues, some something going on with his with his folks. So he recommended yeah. you guys, uh, Miro and Antonio, and Rick, my brother. Uh, you guys have been in contact for quite some time, and it just seemed like the perfect opportunity. He looked at what you guys were doing, and you had some uh, some Christmas stuff already in the works, or you've done some in the past, and. Uh, and away we went, and that's that's pretty much how I remember it. <laughs> yeah, how about and yeah, does, uh, your eyes are the same uh, on the on the opposite side. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I think the first uh, the, the first series I ever worked on was uh, produced in Ottawa, which is where uh, Corey and, and Big Jump are based. And uh, I had somehow met Rick through the producer on that other show, and this is going you know way back and then you know like Corey said we'd sort of been in touch you know on and off and just it never worked out to work on anything and then uh around the end of April this year uh Antonio and I were working on a series and I had another film coming up and I thought you know one more project would be really good <laughs> literally the next day Rick phoned I said you know, hey we've got this Christmas movie do you want to do it <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. So, you know Put a thought out in the universe, and and there you go. And will it existence? Yeah. Oh yeah, it worked out perfect. And <laughs> as for uh, Antonio and me, I'll let Antonio tell that story. Yeah, how did you, oh, how did you mean, two paired up together? I'm curious. <laughs> the two of us? Yeah, I'm curious. For, yeah, for you two, like as a co as a co composing duo, what's the origin story of of you, your two's collaboration? Oof. Oh, I think I remember being recommended by. Um, I think Myra was looking for someone who could sing on, I think, a demo for a, 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 an animated series that he was doing, he was uh, pitching on. And I just, I came in and I, 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 I forget what it was, Myra, if you can remember, was it? Uh, it was uh, Hero Elementary. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which we didn't yeah. get, but other good things came no. from that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, sometimes that's what it takes, you know, to, to forge a, a a stronger uh a strong bond uh yeah i came in just just out of the blue being like hey chris uh you know said that uh, you needed a singer and i came in and then i just kind of told him you know i compose as well and he's like oh interesting and i sent him some stuff and then he's like you know maybe we'll maybe we'll find something for us and i i at that time i went on tour with my then band and we were in europe and i remember very specifically we were in weimar germany and I got a call and Myra was like, hey, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in Germany. And he's like, well, <laughs> when are you coming back? Because I uh, I think I found a project for us. And that was kind of, that was the start of it. And we've worked on a number of projects since. Yeah, wow. A number now. Yeah, like a strong collaboration. That's amazing. Yeah, we've done six, eight, Ooh. ten shows together. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. maybe, maybe, if not in double digits, close to now. Yeah. That's amazing. So you're not sick of each other yet, is what you're saying. <laughs> still still <laughs> going <yet>. strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, before we jump into talking about uh, Glisten, I'm curious because uh, 
it is such a wonderful family animated film and and I love animation. I work at Cartoon Network Studios in production and uh you know I've been there for eight years and I've been in this world of animation and uh I just want to go around around the I guess around the table, the virtual table and why I'm just curious, why do you love animation as a storyteller, as as filmmakers, as storytellers? I'm curious what about animation speaks to you and Corey, if you want to kick us off. Well, for me, I think it's because I get to be a big kid every day, yeah. right? So um I'm I'm just a big goofball nine nine times out of the ten. Ask my wife. So it's uh it's just something that I've always adored. My brother, who's my partner in the business, he's uh he's 14 years older than I am, and he started oh, wow. in the animation industry in the 80s. He worked on like He-Man Masters of the Universe and oh, wow. the Raccoons and Fat Albert and uh Teddy Ruxpin and all these oh, wow. classic 80s uh cartoons. Yeah. So imagine being a kid, five, I would have been like five, six, seven, eight years old when he's out there working on these films or these series. And I thought he was like, the, I, I, geez, he, he was a, like a Hollywood superstar. I thought I saw his <laughs> name in the credits. I would pause it, you know, on mm -hmm. uh, my VHS tape <laughs> back in the day. And mm -hmm. uh, it was just, uh, it was really incredible. There was, there was one time where he drew He-Man and Skeletor on a piece of paper for me and I went and I photocopied it about a hundred times. And I sold the copies for five cents a pop to all my school buddies at, uh, at school. Hustling that early. That's awesome. <laughs> Already a hustler. <laughs> you, had to, you had to make that But money. I fell in love with it big time. It was just, it was, I was so enamored. So I knew exactly yeah. that's what I wanted to do because he just seemed to be happy and loved what he did all the time. That's exactly what I wanted to do. It's what yeah. I tell my kids, wake up every morning and enjoy what you do for a living because you're doing it for a long yeah. time. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Myra, for you, what what, what do you? I mean, you have you, you both, you and Tony have such a you know storied history in animation. So I'm curious for you, what what keeps bringing you back? Why do you love it so much? Why do you love the genre? Uh, I, well, for me, I think it started with uh, with the Warner cartoons. I mean, that was yeah. just you know, Saturday mornings for me as a kid. That was it. And um, you know, I I think had I been able to draw. <laughs> I probably would have become an animator or an artist like that, yeah. um, but just didn't have those fine motor skills. Um, <laughs> and uh, just, you know, just the, I think like Corey said, it's the fun factor, right? You can be goofy and you can be a big kid and you can tell jokes and working in animation and, and the children's TV space. One thing that's really cool that I didn't realize at first was, you know, you're making little kids happy every day, right? They're coming yeah. home from school, either on their own, or if they're very young, you know, with a parent or a caregiver or what have you, and they're watching your show and they're singing your songs and it's a part of their life for many years, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really neat when you meet people mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, you wrote that show. I loved that when I was, you know, however old, like my daughter's 15. And so a lot of the the shows that I worked on hit right when she was in kindergarten and her friends yeah. will come over. Oh, and we'll see the posters on my studio wall and say, I remember that show. I love that. And they start singing this stuff. And it's just, <laughs> it's great that you're bringing joy to people. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Absolutely. And it must be, it must feel awesome to see that. Like everybody come and they see those posters and just like, they light up and it's like that. Cause I mean, I'm the same way. I still, I still love the stuff I grew up on. Like you, everyone, everyone does like go back and watch even the younger, I mean, the younger stuff, like the preschool stuff that you still remember, you know, but, um, but for Antonio, well, they're for you, it, they're bringing it all back now anyway. So it's yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> they're, I know all, they're all adults with babies now. Doug has kids, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we got to keep milking that IP, but, but Antonio, for you, what, what, what do you love about animation as a, as a musical yeah, storyteller? Well, I mean, there's a, I mean, there's also the nostalgia factor. I, I'm from the generation of like Animaniacs and like yeah. Tiny Toons and Freakazoid. I grew up on Freakazoid. Oh my goodness. Yeah. In the all brain, those... the good, the good feathers, like all that. Spielberg like, ambling stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, I love that stuff. And, and, it, and, and it's funny, like, like I think both Corey and Maya have already said that that like that is downloaded into your brain like that you yeah. never forget those things I reference I reference jokes that you know people who who I grew up with you know them like we can just laugh about them now yeah um yeah working like to actually it's funny I started before I got into music I I was a visual artist and I was oh, wow. very into animation um and yeah it didn't take <laughs> but uh 
but I um I used to draw all my favorite shows and there's something kind of it's yeah like Corey said like you know you wake up and do something you love like sometimes I pinch myself and be like man I'm working on some of the things that you know this generation of me are growing up on and it's pretty wild um and it's also so much fun as a composer because you you get to you you have such a long leash it's such a such a sandbox to play in everything is so different you can work in so many different genres um it's nothing is ever the same and it's really gratifying and 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 it i mean from a from a work standpoint it makes you better at your craft because it forces you to become much more broad in 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 the scope of what you are interested in what you learn you know how to write this type of music for this type of thing it's it's but it's also so much fun like it's it's, it never gets boring like what like i remember like waking up and being like okay today i guess i'm doing that's Daft Punk for preschoolers. And then the next day I'll be writing something totally orchestral. It's just what, you know, it's just, yeah, it's very fulfilling. It's so gratifying, very yeah. fulfilling. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get to, it, it is also, there's a little bit, I think less of a magnifying glass on it, except from like, from the bigger corporate like standpoint. <laughs> so it's like, you get to maybe try some things and be a little bit more uh, yes. free with, with your, yeah. with your stuff and ex- explore things. And, um, absolutely. But, um, but for this film, I'm curious, uh, like listen to the Merry Mission. It's a, uh, you know, it's it comes from Samuel Goldwyn Films and and Build a Bear Entertainment's unique you know projects. So I'm curious, how did it come to be, Corey? Like, how did this film come to be and come to you guys? <laughs> well, yeah, it was interesting because uh, you know sometimes it's a phone call, right? In this case, yeah. it was uh, the producers, uh, Foundation Media, Patrick Hughes. Yeah, Patrick he, he did uh, the bad guys. Like, he's great. Yeah, yeah. they did the bad guys and. Uh, they've done several productions with uh, Build a Bear Entertainment to date, and uh, so he he's he started asking around for a Canadian production company, and he ended up. My understanding is he he ended up calling a mutual friend at Muse Muse Entertainment, um, Jesse Prupa, and he recommended us, and that's and that's how the conversation started. And literally about six to eight months later, uh, we signed the deal, and away we went. So. It was, uh, it's like the, we hit the ground running. It was pretty crazy. It was tremendous fun. Uh, we, and we had very, you know, we had sort of carte blanche on the overall look and feel of the of the film, which was really fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, before before we talk about the music, I'm curious about, uh, from the from your standpoint as the filmmaker, as a director, uh, when you got said, hey, we got an animated Christmas movie kind of, you know, aiming towards younger kids. That comes with so much like stylistic and aesthetic baggage. So I'm curious, were you like, okay, like I'm curious how you approach it to be like excited about it and be like, how can I make my version or our version of a Christmas story that you know certain people has a certain expect a certain tone, a certain look, a certain something. So how did you guys approach it and be like, let's make something that's kind of our our vision of it. <laughs> Are you talking visually or are you talking also musically? I, I mean, visually for oh, you. Oh, I mean, just, yeah, just visually, just for the whole film. Yeah, just wow, the, the t- Well, it, the way I looked at it very simply, if this was a Build-A-Bear entertainment film, we we knew what we were getting into. This yeah. this world had to be soft. It had to be bright and colorful. It had to be one giant big hug. Yeah. That's what, that's what we were looking for. And that's what we were trying to do. Uh, with the overall character development, the way the characters looked, the way the landscapes felt. And when things got a little bit more dangerous as as Marzipan moves into, like as she, she starts to exit outside Santa's village and go out into the out into the world, things become a little harder and more jagged and colder and cool. Yeah. Um, so we just we wanted to make sure that, you know, this is this is this movie is for kids, right? Right. Yeah. It's not really for adults, it's for kids. It's yeah. uh, for if for kids that believe in the spirit of Christmas, and uh, so you want to make sure that you you present their almost their vision, their mm-hmm. interpretation of what Santa's village would look like and what these what the elves would look like. They just they kind of want to see a little bit of themselves on the screen. So you have these small elfling characters that are zipping around doing their thing and uh, making making Santa's toys and uh, traditional looking Santa Claus and. Yeah. Uh, the reindeer, of course, you know, very sort of regimented and a bit, a bit military. Um, it was just such a blast 
from yeah. from get go. Absolutely, and it looks and it looks amazing. Like uh, the animation is fantastic, and I'm sure you know, especially with these projects, I can't imagine the budget being you know huge or anything. You know, I, I work in animation, I know how budgets can be, but to to stretch a budget and to make it look whole, that kind of wholesome, that richness, that that the feel of it, and of course, a lot of that will come from the music as well. So, Myra and and Antonio. How, what were the first conversations you had with Corey about the score? I'm curious, what were the first chats about getting the tone and the, the feel writing, making it feel like that warm hug? I'm curious, was it, did you guys have certain ideas that you wanted to bring to it? Or was it kind of obvious of what the direction needed to go based on the visuals that, or the pitch that Corey was giving you? Um, I think, uh, you know, that phrase, yeah, make it, make it like a big hug um, yeah. was, was key. And so I think that was, <clears throat> in a way the easy part because all right yeah you've got you know santa's village and it's very colorful and sparkly and fun and nice and we're gonna have elf magic and and that's all fine but then you know when you get sort of into the last third of the movie it gets pretty dark right i mean our mm. our young hero marzipan is out there you know in the in the wilds in the wasteland right in this far off canyon and the wolves are after her and it's like okay well how far are we going to be able to go with the danger right, right? yeah yeah so yeah. i think just kind of establishing those two ends was really mm -hmm. key for us um because if it went you know too far one way then the other would like it would feel lopsided right sure, yeah. yeah yeah and so then uh you know antonia and i usually what we do is we'll we'll sort of establish what themes we need to write what the major ones are going to be and then we'll both write them and then we'll just send them back and forth and kind of riff on each other's material. Oh, interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, that kind of gives it the musical DNA. And, uh, you know, Antonio came up with this, uh, this amazing, just little simple figure um, for the elves. And I mean, it's all over the movie, but, you know, had he not come up with that in the early days? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> That's the thing, because, you know, we, we had to hit the ground running. We we're doing a, a Christmas film for this Christmas. We started like we had basically 10 months, 12 months to do to pull this whole thing together. Wow. In a, in a year. So, you know, when when we brought these guys on to do it, we you know, we had to find people that were going to do it right the first time. And boy, did they deliver like uh, in spades. It's just unbelievable what they pulled together. And that tone that you're talking about that that uh, there's this this jingle that that is continuously throughout the film and it really grounds the the uh the the, the story and just you look for the you, you look for that tone and it's mm -hmm. so natural and yeah. so so a part of this film i just it blew me away when i first heard it i thought it was wonderful that's amazing. Mm. What well, Antonio? I mean, I I love yeah. that, that idea that you have to get the musical DNA. You guys are passing stuff back and forth. I've talked to co-composers yeah. where sometimes we'll kind of just go apart and oh, you handle this, we'll handle this, we'll come together and make sure we're like talking and we're on the same page. But to have that kind of back back and forth, it has your finger both of your fingerprints on it. I think. So I'm curious, Antonio, from your yeah. point of view, what's that process like for you and, and working with Myra? I mean, it's it feels very natural. I think it feels very natural just because I think we're. For me, I'll speak for myself. I come from um, like the, my I was in a band forever and that, that background. So it was very much a collaborative um, way of writing, especially with, with with my collaborators in the band. Like we wrote everything together in yeah. in the room. Like no one came in being like, I have an idea. You know what I mean? So like <laughs> right. there's something. And so it's funny. It's always I've always wanted to kind of see if you could bring that way of writing that collaborative atmosphere into a world into a sphere in the film world where it can be when you're writing music um quite lonely yeah. you know you're working on your own but um there's something so wonderful and it keeps the ideas fresh and it keeps you motivated it keeps the ball in the air and momentum moving when you can pass things naturally back and forth and just kind of it becomes like a jam more or less yeah. right it's like yeah. you know you walk into a room and someone's doing something oh, oh i really like that i really like that i hear something now i hear something now and that's kind of what the way what we've created uh, in our workflow is like we just kind of feed each other inspiration as we're chipping away at something right and like you're 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 finding that source of inspiration and you're and you're expounding on it yeah um it's worked really well for us and 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 it 
it moves things along quickly and keeps it very cohesive. Like you said, you've, you've right. talked to some collaborators who maybe just go into their separate spaces, but, and, and, and I know um, Myra and I actually went uh, and watched the film in the theaters last week, watching it, we were like, it sounds wholly cohesive. It yeah. sounds like one thought, which is, um, which we both agreed was a, a victory. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. because at the end of the day, it's the, the it's the story that uh, that everyone's working well, that's for. It. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's all in service of the story. Absolutely. So, I'm curious, what was the I guess uh, musically, where where was the starting point? Uh, when did you guys come into production? And uh, like Corey, did you have them uh, early on to have their script reading, or do you wait till to show them animatics? I'm curious, when do you start giving them materials to start working on? Mm. I I I'm trying to recall, but I think. Um... I think I gave you guys the the animatic to at least start jamming off of right from the yeah like before there was any animation you definitely had the animatic I had all my temps my my temp music my temp sound effects in it uh, to get a sort of an idea and tone of where my head was at yeah uh, for uh, for the film all of which was is completely. <laughs> <laughs> totally different from what these guys put together which thank god uh they uh, they did um yeah i think uh right like it's i needed to get something out to them as soon as possible so we started with the animatic and we started to build from there and then as the animation started to flow in it, would, it started to come out in sequences so we would do sort of act one they'd see that act two see that act three see that but they still at least had the animatic to pull it all together cohesively from stem to stern yeah absolutely so musically what was the starting point guys what is it once you got that animatic and you got first saw kind of what the the story is and what the the kind of flow is and the tone is and the emotion is it was it just starting with theme suites and stuff like that or did you uh try to you mentioned building the kind of dna or the sound or the palette and then you started kind of going into scenes i'm curious what was the starting point and how did it evolve into more of i guess scoring the picture and stuff like that uh, it was it was very much the identifying the major themes yeah. and mm-hmm. and jamming on those. Um, you know, there was going to be a glisten sort of mystical, quasi mystical uh, theme. So we needed to get that, you know, right away because that was a big deal. Obviously, yeah. um, the the happy the happy Santa village elf thing, um, it, and the reindeer were different as well, right? Because they were sort of they had modernized right? this is mm-hmm. sort of key to this story. And it's like, okay, well, what's the sound of the reindeer going to be? Um, and I guess there was also the, the snowboarding sequence, which happened multiple times um, where Marzipan is kind of venturing further and further afield from home, deeper and deeper into the adventure. And I, I think those were the sort of first, first moments that we identified where okay we're gonna have these recurring themes and then yeah it was all right let's just go out and and both start working on them and we you know we have a a shared dropbox folder where basically we just drop piano sketches you know whatever into there and i think one thing that's really great about doing it that way is you know, as a composer, you have all these ideas when you start, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to write that and I'm going to use this instrument for this and, you know, whatever, right? Right. And you kind of have uh, that, like, decision paralysis sort of situation sometimes. But when you're getting uh, stuff from your writing partner, you'll pull something in and then go, oh, you know what? I would never have thought of this in this context, in this moment of the film. And it makes you rethink your own material. Yeah, uh, I think makes it richer, right? At least, certainly from for me, it does, and I think probably for Antonio. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and well, stuff I, that you thought like maybe oh this isn't that good, but I'll I'll send it to Antonio anyway, and you go oh this is great. What are you talking about, right? You're just, you're <laughs> yeah. just putting it in the wrong part of the movie. It should go. <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah did you guys did you guys have like a spotting session to kind of feel where stuff should go or was it kind of just as did Corey just give you guys did you just hand it to them Corey, and these kind of figure it out (laughs) uh did we have a spotting together no i think we looked at some scenes, right yeah yeah you you would you would deliver things uh like in 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 sequences so i was i had those moments where i could sit down look at the sequence see how the music sort of felt with the overall feel of the of uh 
uh, of the film in those spots. And uh, geez, there it was. It I, like I said, it it really came to fruition really quickly with what you guys were pulling together uh, right from day one. Like one of my favorite sequences is the sequence with uh, um, Cinemag and uh, Sage Evergreen in front of the fireplace. That whole sequence is so beautiful to me. And to me, it's very, very memorable. Just the whole tone of it is just wonderful. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the starting point, I think there's a lot of uh, composers out there who maybe are getting started in the business or maybe a little green and kind of working on their first projects. But for, for you guys, for composers, I'm curious, what were the, like, so you, when, when Corey sat you down and says, this is the film, here's the pitch, this is what we're doing. What are, I guess, the first questions you asked Corey as the director? What are first questions that you guys like to pull from your director and to help you start your process? Like, what are the kind of the kind of the meat that you need to pull from your director to kind of help you with your creative process? I'm curious, like, what are like the best questions to ask? <laughs> well, good question. Yeah, go ahead. I think one thing is, you know, that like Corey mentioned, there there was temp music, not a lot of it. No, no. But at certain key moments. And so, you know, one thing right away is, is this indicative of what you want? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, or is this sort of just the general idea, right? Something right. Epic here, or when you say epic, do you mean exactly this? Right? That's, that's point <laughs> one. What, uh, epic? what does epic mean? <laughs> right? I mean, it can mean a lot of different things. It's, yeah, it can be very it needs broad. to be cinematic. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, the worst is when they say make it funny because, well, yeah. that depends a lot on context, right? Um, I think the, the, the one thing that we did have, though, were uh, there were songs, right? There are songs in the film. Right. And they were in there, uh, and we knew they were going to be in there. And they were kind of tent poles, right? To to work towards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was one thing uh, that was really helpful, actually, right? Because there's already something there musically that's going to be there. So you've got that to kind of work off of. And were you, uh, did were the songs were they already kind of recorded at this point? Did you know the style and the sound of the songs, or did you just know where the placement was? No, they were they were finished. Oh, they're finished. They're there, okay, yeah. yeah. So, so you're able to really sh make sure that the, the score doesn't kind of trip over them or nice segue between them and everything like that. So mm -hmm. that, that was great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think mainly like Antonio, I think we just we were really asking about tone and um, yeah, you know how scary can we be and yeah, uh, I how guess cin cinematic, cinematic. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Yeah. One, one thing that Corey did tell us, and I, I think this is an important thing too, is, you know, to leave space, there could be moments when just the sound effects are, yeah. gonna, you know, he wanted to hear the wind when it's sure. howling and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, um, it's important to know when not to use music, you know, you can, it's very easy to just do wallpaper and go back, you know, especially for children's stuff, you know, we, we, we well, do 11, that's so, exactly it. Yeah, we do like 11 minutes at Cartoon Network. So it's, you know, tight, you know, it's, it's a, lot, a lot of real yeah, estate to, to have like a breath or kind of that well, a beat, you know, so but need, the, yeah, you need that you need that break. And then it makes the make when the score comes back in or the music comes back in or the moment yeah. the emotion is just poof, it hits a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, you need. Sorry, go ahead, Antonio. No, 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 it's okay. I was just agreeing. <laughs> I, I was going to say, just you know, to your point, Kaya, about the eleven minutes. I mean, you know, we we've all done a lot of eleven minutes. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. having a ninety-minute, you know, and being able to stretch, and having you know, yeah. a three-minute sequence where there's very little dialogue. Yeah. Right. And just really being able to develop the the thematic material and go for it was a real treat and that was that was really nice well and yeah, i think pro I props to Corey. Uh, sorry props to Corey too because like uh i feel like it's so easy to just be like kids like make it bright and like loud and noise and everything but to have those moments like the stuff that like i grew up watching is just have those emotional beats and just like those are the ones i yeah. still remember not kind of the more zany kind of loud you know yeah. colorful things yeah i agree like uh, sorry I, was... I cut you off i cut you off sorry Antonio. go ahead <laughs> oh that's okay this this was um, I mean, at least my first animated feature, and I've done, I've, I've worked with Myra on a couple um, animated shows before, and yeah, it, it it was an interesting shift because you know, while keeping it like a warm hug, but we're you know where you're working in eleven minutes, like you said, it's so much music. 
it was a yeah. it was, it was a, a very conscious choice to be like oh no but this is a feature film and like to be like the the thing the elements that you would while it's still animated it was like kind of like a bit of a I had to at least for me I'll speak for myself like a, an adjustment to be like we're doing animation but this is long format and like so the rules the way that you'd be like no but I would do it I would score things differently if there were a feature mm -hmm. film but being like but it is a feature film even though it's an animated an animated feature so like yeah the, using the space and having that more time um was i think a breath of fresh air working in 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 this space yeah um it really absolutely. yeah for sure so uh, Corey, i'm curious as as a director what i guess how do you approach directing composers because you know as as a i'm sure there's filmmakers out there who are jumping into this and are going to be working with their composers for the first time or, and i'm curious what are the i mean it seems like you really just trusted them to just take everything so there wasn't maybe much direction that you had to give them because they really handle it but i'm curious in terms of like getting feedback or you do when if they need something to be revised like how do you approach i guess directing first versus directing a, your amazing cast which you had a fantastic cast on this but how do you shift your directing style to work with with these two well, you are right. I I did give them the the, the like an open door. You you guys, yeah. I like I really trusted these guys to come in and do the work. Um, like I said from the the beginning, there wasn't a tremendous amount of time to dive into. I wish mm. we had more time to really sort of, you know, like uh, feel it all out from beginning to end a little bit more. But I I have to say like through the initial conversations and then as they started to upload sequences, like the turnaround was quite quick. Um, they took notes, like not, not that there was like pages and pages of notes across the board. Um, most of it was just, you know, you know, hitting a particular moment or maybe pulling back on a particular moment. Um, but nine times out of 10, they were, they, they pretty much hit the mark all the way through. Um, like I found like for me there, there's a big difference between obviously television and 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 feature feature when you say cinematic there there is tonally there's more there's just yeah. more uh more uh more more uh, I'm trying to think of the word more uh stuff I guess going on more yeah, just, just, more, just more elements yeah. and just more like elements. yeah 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 um more uh, more teeth to it right mm -hmm. um where it's you know when, when you think of like a kid's cartoon um it's easy to go simple it's easy to go mm -hmm. a bit more car cartoony or comedic with the tone throughout uh, throughout the the for an 11 minute show for this you need you really need to have the music carry things forward and help tell the story from beginning to end like the like uh, music is so vital for yeah. for film and television let's mm -hmm. we all know that and yeah. because you, you you can have this wonderful scene where and i'll go back to that scene with uh with cinemag and uh and and uh, sage evergreen where she's explaining you know you know you, how you really need to believe in something it's like you know this you know the one thing that you can find is love and that that if you didn't have that uh, a nice tone that's nice music in that you would not have had the same reaction that you would have gotten if uh, w without that music, right? So it's it's so important that you have that stuff in there, and it helps like drive your attention forward to to, to see what's going on in the story. It is, uh, ah, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, they just did an unbelievable job from stem to stern. Yeah, I mean, you, congratulations on on the movie and, and the, the whole. I mean, to come together in a, under a crunch, I'm sure, and the stress that comes with all of that. And mm -hmm. uh, but I'm I'm curious also about uh, music musically and maybe the film as well, just tonally with the with the script and everything. You know, with kids, as you mentioned, it's like it's a you know, it is a kids film, but you also don't want to, I guess, talk down to them. You want to bring it into their world, and you want to you know really mm -hmm. kind of recognize their emotions you know i grew up watching don bluth and stuff like that where you know he was very much saying don't you know treat kids emotions the same way you treat adults emotions and i'm curious with something like this was it uh especially with the christmas genre like i think back to my favorite christmas scores where it's like whether it's john williams with home alone or john debney and elf and stuff like that where it might be is it is it hard to find the line where you get maybe too 
maybe too schmaltzy, too saccharine, and you want to kind of pull it back and make sure it still kind of resonates and not too, you know, make it not too melodramatic or anything like that? Or is it, was that a, a challenge with you guys to find that on this film, musically and I guess with the film overall? Or was it kind of, you're able to find that tone and not have to, I guess, debate it in your head too much and it just felt right and felt natural? Um, I, I, I guess I can go first. Like I, I, it, I think honestly, it, uh, you know, the story is a very simple story. So yeah. there's not there's uh, there's not a lot of twists and turns to the story, and it's it's it was designed that way specifically for for younger kids to follow. And I'm talking like right. you know eight year old kids, six year old yeah. kids, right, uh, or even younger, so they they could dial in and just watch the film and and not get lost and really enjoy the characters, the world, and the environment, and uh, and the music carries it forward. In that case, um, I don't know, guys, what do you what do you think on on your side? Well, yeah, I think right. we're both going. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, th I think you're right. It is, it is, it is a very simple story, and it's very clear, sort of what emotional beats we needed it to hit, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I say simple, I don't mean simplistic, but it's just no. So I, I don't think simple. I, I, I think simple is actually a compliment. I think when things get too crazy and and unfocused and you kind of lose the the kind of the core the, like the, the just that emotional yeah. like heartbeat of the the narrative so i i I'm, even adult features and just like big bombastic action movies or complex dramas i think simplicity was really important <laughs> yeah and i i think since it is an animated project you know in, in many ways where you'd have to worry about being you know too schmaltzy or whatever in a live action uh setting in animation, you can always exaggerate a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Because mm -hmm. it does animation just visually every in every way possible thrives on exaggeration, right? right? So you can go that little bit over the top, and then it's kind of just enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and I think Antonio, I think you know, just going back also to the previous question, like probably talking with Corey just about emotional direction, yeah, would be the number one thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, ultimately, it's a story, whether it's a story for children, or it's a story at Chris around Christmas. It's like it's it's the story. It's 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 real to the the characters in the film. And it's and it's mm -hmm. and it's and it's real and not at, for the for the for the audience who are going to watch it. I mean, I think we can add, you know, we all you know, you have your Christmas palette, you have there are those there's those touchstones that you can use. Um, of course that you're going to use to identify the season and just like you know the way that people think of like a warm hot chocolate you know you yeah, know yeah. like you know what that is musically <laughs> um but just yeah it's it's finding those emotional touchstones because you're ultimately just telling a story it doesn't matter who it's for right uh, and, yeah. and and the rest can come afterwards you fill it in with the with the brushes that you need um yeah, it, it it just I think that I I think it's that simple. You're gonna get it right, pretty or at least pretty close if you follow those things, and then you can and then you can get in there and and, and massage it and, and give it the 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 texture and the palette that it needs to 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 breathe in 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 the time and space that it is. But like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. the emotions are always honest. Yes. Absolutely, right. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, go, when you when, when you look back at the whole project, the whole experience, yeah, you know, Corey, you mentioned how creatively rewarding animation is. So I'm curious for for this project specifically, what was the most creatively rewarding moment from the entire production? Whether it was having that first script in your hand, or having that f first, uh, you know, locked picture, or for you guys having like you know, the first themes like together, or the finished whole project. I'm curious, what was the moment where we just kind of look back at the whole experience? And go, oh, well, that was. That really, that was great. I love that. So maybe Corey, what was the biggest, best memory for you, creatively rewarding from the whole production? Wow. Uh, it doesn't have to be music. It can be like working with a cast member, a certain, you know, song or anything. I'm curious. <laughs> I, there's no, there, there's so many uh, beautiful milestones throughout the whole production that, you know, are, are just as good as the next. Like uh, just from finalizing the characters and you know i we know that these are our characters and we're ready to go every every day when when our the, the people that were on this production uh, 
put their heart and soul into every single aspect of this film uh, to bring it to fruition is uh, that that to me just the collective nature of making something like this um, yeah. I think is the most joy I've actually had on a pro on a project in a, in a very very long time so I think for me it was just the collaborative nature from stem to stern and just how dedicated everybody was to hitting that deadline and getting this getting this done and out the door in in the best possible way right and the, yeah. the most creative way that for me is everything yeah absolutely well uh antonio about for you from from your perspective what was the most memorable creative rewarding Ooh. part of it <laughs> oh man i mean I, I i i don't know if there's one in particular i think there there was there were many milestones i think to echo what Corey just said like there are many milestones i, I think when you start they're like little victories that lead up to like little <laughs> battles that lead to like winning the war so to speak yeah, yeah yeah like where you're like oh you found that theme and you and then all of a sudden it's like i always think of like finding a score as like you're digging for bones like you're digging for yeah. dinosaur bones and every every so often you're like oh here's the head and here's the tail and then next thing you know you have uh, the yeah. whole skeleton right like yeah it's, yeah it's like those little things where you're like oh it's revealing itself it's starting to take shape and you're like i found this theme and like oh this theme works throughout and you and you, you start to feel the universe become three-dimensional like it, and, and it was always and i i find it's really gratifying and it really keeps you going when you hit those like those when you have that moment where you're like oh my god like it's it's coming here here it is and then you're just yeah. like i i gotta keep going i gotta keep going until i see the whole thing <laughs> um yeah I, I i i know it would be nice to give like and i'm sure i could think of one but those are the moments that I that those resonated are, with me, especially because it was my first feature when I was like um, at a first animated feature and and see when you know when we go from animatic and then Corey sending us updated scenes and you're like, whoa, the universe has yeah. just gotten that much brighter and and more lush and full and then and then to to match that is was re a really cool experience. Absolutely. How was it seeing it in the theater? That would have been uh, like a pretty oh, yeah. amazing moment to hear that, hear your hear your yeah, music was... on those speakers. That would have been fantastic. Yeah, which is, is something that these days is not a given because a lot of stuff goes it's streaming true. or stuff. And it's like yeah. I just we we had a special screening at at uh, Warner Brothers for us for for Chicken Run Two, and I was like, I am so happy I get to see this movie in a theater because it's going straight to Netflix, and I get to hear Harry's score and see the stop motion animation on the big screen and all the details and yeah, mm -hmm. so. That must have been a treat. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really yeah. nice. That was definitely uh, that was a highlight for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a novel experience for sure. Yeah, and I but I think you know when Antonio described and, and Corey actually just sort of taken both of those. I mean, the sort of the revealing and like, oh, okay, here's our world and the collaboration. I mean, I know one thing for me is always, you know, at the beginning of a project, you're excited, you have all this energy, right? You're getting into it. It's like, you know, and, you know, known Corey for a long time, but just never had the chance to work together. And it's like, all right, yeah. here we go. And we've established our themes and Antonio and, and I have done our thing. We've sent our themes back and forth. And like, okay, now I'm going to write this cue and you're going to write that cue. And then we'll do this one and we'll send those three to Corey. That'll be our first preview, right? And, you know, that always terrifies me every single time, no matter how many times I've done it, it's <laughs> always terrifying, right? Because there's all yeah. this participation. And so for me, a highlight was, you know, when we sent those first cues to Corey and he came back, like instantly was like, yes, this is it. Just keep going. And then you really feel like the race has begun, right? Mm -hmm. Up until that moment, it's really just talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah might think you're, you might think you found a dinosaur skeleton. You might think all kinds of things. Yeah. You get the thumbs down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Wait on bated breath. You know, like you're waiting Absolutely. for that email, and then you hear that little ding. Got the yeah. email. <laughs> you look at it, and you're like, "Oh, here's the moment." Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. I That's always, it. You know. I always look at like the first couple words before even opening the email when you just see it in your column oh like, yeah is it is and they're like uh 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are they, are they going? Is, yeah. it, is it "Hey guys!" exclamation point, or is it just yeah, a comma? Exactly. And you're like, I don't. If it's just a comma, I don't want to open <laughs> yeah, it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that that kind of high five moment is is just so satisfying, right? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. then then you have the confidence, That's and it. if you if you stumble along the way, then it's okay, right? Yeah. Uh, and I just love that because then it's like you can just let your inspiration flow and just go for it. And uh, yeah, that's that was one. And, you know, the thing is, actually, we had a surprise, right? Because originally the opening titles were going to be a song. Yeah. And yeah. so we were working for several weeks. And, you know, when's the song coming? When's the song coming? When's the song coming? <laughs> like, hey, guys, there's no song. You have to write the opening titles. And that's a big cue to do, right? I mean, it's, I think, two minutes or something. It was about two minutes, yeah. Right? And it's the beginning of the movie. We're establishing everything. And all this time, we think, ah, we don't have to worry about that, you know, pressure's off. And then all of a sudden, it kind of came in. And uh, so I think when we wrote that cue and and everybody liked it and signed off, that was, for me, a, a real highlight for sure. Yeah, and what a what a bunch of real amazing real estate to have as a composer to kind of like have almost like an overture to kind of start the start the whole journey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I guess to wrap up, you know, I I, uh, I want to go around and and you know, I love talking. I love talking about people's inspirations because we all talk about being big kids and working in this in this industry. And uh, I'm curious what everyone's like favorite anime. You, you know, Corey, you talk about '80s cartoons and everything, and we're growing up. So I'm curious what you what were you guys watching as kids? What do you remember that is still in your brain today that you look back fondly? Something that's nostalgic, something that still is emotional to you, or or fun or funny. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up really. I know you mentioned uh, Myra like. You know those WB cartoons. I I loved Silly Symphony and Looney Tunes. I always watched the like I never watched like oh, yeah. when they started like Chippendale never talks to me. Like I don't I don't watch Rescue Rangers. Like I need the original ones where it's just Donald Duck fighting you know Chippendale or something like that. But I also love Fantasia and Bambi. Like these movies that were kind of less dialogue and more music oh, and all yeah. that stuff. And uh, but I'm curious, like Corey, for you, what what was the stuff that you grew up watching? Honestly, one of my all time favorite animated films is Beauty and the Beast. The yeah, opening uh, to Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I had tears in my eyes, and I'm like a 17 year old kid watching it for the first time with my buddies, and I had to hide the fact that I was like, I was like, yeah. up. I just thought it was so beautiful. Um, the whole movie, just the way the beast moved, and the fact, and that's what kills me is like, I like, like it was the, knowing that that was classically animated, hand drawn, that yeah. the art form yeah. in its purest form. Uh, right there was uh, was just it's it's beautiful to see that on screen um, so that to me I think is that's that's one of my all-time favorites like all the I love all the 80s stuff all of it were like uh, gigantic toy ads for for kids back in the <laughs> 80s but uh, I love them nonetheless <laughs> you, you know you don't you don't you know, you watch them now, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I watched that. But uh, you did and you loved it because you didn't <laughs> yeah. know any better, right? G.I. Uh, Joe, yeah. baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> man, it's like, it was great. But yeah, uh, fond memories of uh, all the cartoons I grew up on for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Myra, for you, what was, what was the stuff from your from your childhood that you really loved? Yeah. Movies, shows, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah, the all the the classic WB stuff, and you know, the the later like the Tiny Toons and Animaniacs, all of that for sure. Mm -hmm. One thing that I've always loved and and you know have a soft spot for, and I know in, for some people I think it's kind of a controversial choice, but that original Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings movie. Uh, oh yeah, I love that and still do. I remember, I I had the VHS of that. I mean, I the animation oh, style wow. is so unique and and like it's yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, all that rotoscoping stuff. All the rotoscoping. It is, and and the mm -hmm. score. It's a lovely score. It really yeah. is. And and I still, I mean, you know, some people will hate me for it, but I I prefer it to the uh, to the live action versions. Wow. It yeah. Captures <laughs> the spirit of the book more, in in my opinion. But you know. Sure. And it just, yeah. yeah, just the the Nazgul and Gollum, and they, it just all looked so cool. Yeah, that's an awesome answer. I don't think I, I've ever heard that one. So, yeah, <laughs> Antonio, for you, I know you mentioned Animaniacs and kind of all that stuff. Is there anything else outside yeah. of that world that you kind yeah. of yeah? <laughs> oh yeah, there's um, I, the Secret of Nim. Oh, I, oh yeah. I I remember watching, and I know Ooh. that was, and maybe Corey, you know a bit more about it, but. I, 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't was that a a, a studio that were there were a bunch of Disney animators who Bluth. then Don Bluth, Don yeah. Bluth. Gary Don Bluth. Golden, yeah, uh, that's what started uh, uh, his uh, his foray into starting up his own company. It was him and and Jerry, uh, uh, Gary, Jerry Gary Goldsmith. Gary Goldman, yeah, Goldman, Gary Goldman. Jerry right. Jerry Goldsmith did the score. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, yes, correct, he right. did. Yeah. Jerry Goldman, yeah. which is a that wonderful film, score. Talk about treating you know kids like adults. That film felt like something else. It oh, yeah. felt dark. It felt real. It felt it like and and they you know the brave little toaster was another one that they made and and yeah. obviously the land before time there was just something very unique there was a very unique feeling to their films that felt separate from everything else that was being made completely separate from the disney stuff that i you know that we all watched it it just yeah. i to this day i i, I the, the secret of nim in, in particular yeah, Don's style um, is so like unique too. I mean, just like I mean, even his yes. Disney stuff, like Fox and the Hound, like I like the style of the animation. Oh yeah, and, oh that's also one like, of my. Yeah, that was. I think I was very partial to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know yeah. that that was my bread and butter too growing up, and, and uh, American Tale, and I know he didn't oh do Five Old, yeah. but the second he one, Five Goes West. I know. No, yeah, Five Goes so West good, is still though. great. <laughs> I know that I could sing you the whole song. I can sing you all the songs still. Like yeah, there was songs, man. James Horner scores. Oh my god. I start crying right now. <laughs> he wasn't afraid to, you know, uh, be a little scary, you know, for kids. Yeah. You know, like, I, and that's what's so great. There was no sugarcoating anything I found uh, yeah. with, uh, with Don Bluth uh, and his films, for sure. Whereas, you know, Disney was a, a little bit safer to watch, yeah. right? Agreed. Respect. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's a perfect way to, to talk about animation and wrap it up because it, you can do anything. It's pretty, you can make it nice and sweet and a warm hug. You can go a little bit dark and deeper. And uh, I'm I'm really glad that, you know, I'm seeing more stop motion. You know, I'm seeing Chicken Run 2 come out and Pinocchio and, and more different styles mm -hmm. with Into the Spider-Verse and the new TM, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Like we're, I think, finally saying that nothing, nothing everything has, nothing, everything doesn't have to be CG. It doesn't have to be kind of, Disney Pixar and I think there's so many different styles and stories and anime oh, yeah. is really kind of blowing up on Netflix and all these shows and it's like it's such an amazing world and I think people need to realize that it's not just for kids it's also like I would love to see an R-rated you know like animated oh, yeah. action film or something like that you know in oh, theaters but uh, <laughs> yeah I, I, mean, I, I hope, I hope... <laughs> he's like I, I got it okay <laughs> well in fact in about uh 12 months <laughs> <laughs> which means you guys need to get to work we got 12 months <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> well guys i want to thank you so much for for all your insight this evening and and and, uh, and opening up your world and talking about the music and then the animation and everything so guys appreciate it so much thank you it was so much fun uh, thank, our pleasure. You. thank you so much really it was, appreciate it, was it. A pleasure